Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys mini show for October 20th, 2020. I'm Brennan Store. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is the show where we answer your emails, texts, and calls to find out what's going on with you. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing pretty good, Brennan. How are you? I'm good. I'm hoping we can get this done before we lose power. Uh, it's <laughs> pretty insane out today. There, did you hear the lightning and thunder at like 6.30 in the morning? Of course not. You weren't even I, aware there is a 6.30 in the morning. You just asked the silliest question anyone's ever asked. I was just sitting there sipping my coffee, minding my own business in the semi-darkness of my home, and... Boom, lightning, and then uh, maybe a count of five and a humongous rolling burst of thunder that just seemed to go on and on. Sadly, that was it. That was the full thunderstorm, but I was grateful for what I got. Just one big explosion and then everything's quiet. Yeah. That sounds uh, uncomfortably accurate. But, uh, <laughs> I you know. just miss thunderstorms around here. I grew up with thunderstorms on the prairie. So me, me too, man. Some, the, yeah. The, the one time we had a really great thunderstorm here yeah, was that when all that particulate drifted over from the big forest fires in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, we had that massive, massive light show. Yeah. And I was up in Telegraph Cove with Nikki. Oh, no, you missed it. I couldn't have been further away unless I was swimming. <laughs> and I missed well, the whole we don't thing. get thunderstorms because we are so close to the ocean. It just keeps everything kind of nice and balanced. We don't get the extremes. Is that what it is? I always yeah. wonder. Yeah, we don't get the we don't get the hot hot or the cold cold. It keeps us sort of in the middle, so we just don't get them. They just don't happen for us. Oh, so. such a bummer! I, I, I remember this one great storm in Revelstoke where I was sitting in my house. I was on laying on my bed, and uh, just this massive crack of thunder, and all the power went out. Right. Even then, I mean, I wasn't into the paranormal. I was just a coward. So I <laughs> leapt off my bed in the fashion. Pulled your pants up. 
<laughs> well, that I mean, it's, I was cast only aside the hand lotion and man. <laughs> Hand lotion. I'm not rich. Come on. <laughs> the big tub of Crisco. There we go. That's there great. you go. But I leapt from my bed in the style I could only manage at that point in my life. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ran down the stairs. And not only was my power out, everything was out. So the street lights, it was late. It was, yeah, it was pitch black. I've never seen outside look so dark. Okay, I got one for you. Fire away. I was in Toronto going to school, and we yep. lived in the top of an old mansion, so it was about four stories off the ground. Jesus Christ. Of course and you did. Of course I did. And there was a wicked storm. It was, again, Toronto, so extreme heat, extreme humidity. Huge storm. Like, oh my gosh, I had never seen a thunderstorm like it. And me and my buddy are up in the top floor yelling out the window at people, going, this is God's wrath, run, sinner. And like, oh, we're, we're just being idiots. And then lightning literally hit the power pole in front of the house the blinding light not the bang <laughs> the blinding light threw me backwards off the couch we were yelling over and then boom and of course all the power went out and the burglar alarm went off and the fire alarm went off and i can comfortably say i've never been that scared in my life not for the first time god was done with your shit right <laughs> and me and my buddy looked at each other and we're like well you know <laughs> we deserve that <laughs> there was no what just happened it was like oh yeah god yeah. smote us <laughs> yeah that, that is well you were smoten i was smoted smoted <laughs> this explains so much about you i guess isn't it. it yep literally directly taunting god well you know it gets boring <laughs> that's right i don't want to pick up a hobby so i just shake my fist at god that's right and yell at his little tiny creatures well, we're not going to challenge God this time around. No, just... let's just stick to the mailbag because Lordy, it's full. So, of course, now it's time for listener mail. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. Brandy sent us a message via Facebook and asked, Okay, so I have a really important question for you. I've tried to Google it and can't find anything. When dreaming, people say they are coming. Who are they? I have vivid dreams and started waking up screaming in my sleep after we moved into this house, and that term left me scared and confused. I kind of think it's sort of a, a bit of a catch-all, because I've had nightmares where everything is fine, and then something changes, and you feel something bad about to happen, and I've had that thought where it's, they're coming. But I, I, I still don't know, yeah, I'm no closer to knowing who they are, and I kind of just wonder if it's like uh like a general term, you know? Well, I think it's just like what, what a really good horror movie does is they almost never show you the monster. Because right. the real fear isn't from said monster. It's from what is the monster? What can it do? What does it want? And you're right. It falls under the catch-all of they. So I agree with you. I think it is a psychological thing where almost not knowing is way worse than knowing. Yeah, interesting. But it's our brain's way of making it a catch-all, I think. Right. Well, Brandy, yeah, give, give the, the protection thing a try and uh, see if that helps. Because, again, it, it sounds like it may not be a specific thing. Right. Or it might be, rather. But it, I, it, whatever it is, is, is using that sort of non-specific term mm -hmm. to scare you. Yeah. I hope the nightmares clear up. That is the shits. That's awful. Next up is Lauren. Uh, Lauren sent us an amazing jingle for the ghost line, which you'll hear a little later in the show. Yeah. And she, yeah. And she had a question for us as well. She asked, what do you guys think of dreams? Do you think it's possible to have a paranormal experience through one? 
If so, I have a story to share with you. If not, then I'll keep my rainbow coat and shitty writing to myself. <laughs> Ian should get the coat joke. It's a reference to a Bible story. <laughs> Joseph in the in the coat of many colors was the very first documented dream interpreter. Oh, yeah, really? it, it, it made him prime minister in in uh, Egypt. You're not just having me on. This is a thing no, no. He was taking prison. He was taken prisoner. And he interpreted a dream for the jailer and said, well, this is what that means, what you're, what you're saying. And to the jailer's great surprise, it came true. And a little while later, the king was saying, I've had these dreams and I don't know what they mean. And the jailer's like, oh, wait, I know someone. And he brought, he brought him in and uh, he interpreted the dreams that there was going to be a famine and you need to have preparations for seven years. And if you do that, everything will be fine. And sure enough, it kicked in. And so they made Joseph the prime minister. Wow. Okay. So you, I should get you a coat of many colors is what you're saying. <laughs> so Lord, I, I do think it's possible. I mean, to what extent? I, I, who knows? I know some people believe that you go places when you dream. Uh, not all the time. You know, some, some dreams I think are just manifestations of internal fears and kind of your brain hashing out things it's worried about or things it wants. But I, I do think, yeah, I do think it's possible for, for there to be otherworldly experiences as well. I mean, the fact that I had all those dreams that we talked about in bonus episode three, or uh, the fact I had a dream about the shooting in Los Angeles mm -hmm. several years before I ever went to Los Angeles and was present at the scene of a shooting. Yeah. You know, so it's in, in very, you know, specific circumstances too, not just, oh, you know, bad things happened here, but you know, like the, down to the placement of the officers and the freeway. And so, yeah, I, I do think it's possible. Absolutely. And we would love to, we'd love to hear your story. Yeah, and I think the number of stories we've had where people are able to say goodbye to their loved ones, I think that there are occasions where the energy can use our own dreams to be in touch with us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I know when my maternal grandmother died, you know, she used to babysit us. Right. She went home one day and she didn't come back. Oh, wow. And I found out the next day, like later after that afternoon that she'd, you know, she'd eventually died of a heart attack earlier that morning. Right. And it was really hard. You know, she, she could be a difficult lady, but I, I loved her very much. And, sure. uh, so it was, it was really tough. And for months after she died, I would have these dreams where I'd be downstairs in the basement doing my thing. Cause you know, I was a teenager playing mm -hmm. video games or whatever. And I'd hear her voice upstairs. Hmm. And so I would run upstairs, but she was always gone by the time I got there. Weird, eh? And then finally, months and months after she died, I ran up there and she was there. Mm. And she gave me a hug and she said goodbye. And I never had that dream again. Interesting, eh? Yeah. That closure, that kind of resolution. That's it, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, please do send your story, Lauren. And mm -hmm. thank you for the jingle. Kay reached out through Instagram to say, I am truly very thankful for you both and your podcast. My husband just had a stroke and I need something to occupy my time. Keep up the great work and thank you for your kindness and compassion during this extraordinary journey that we call life. Oh, I'm so sorry, Kay. I, I hope he's recovering uh, swiftly and thoroughly. Absolutely. We wish you both the best. Next up is Amalin. I hope I'm saying that right, Amalin. If I'm not, you can send me an email and tell me to go to hell. <clears throat> she says, this is so out of the blue, but I've been binging your podcast for a little while now. I'm literally addicted. It's a problem. Hey, not for us. <laughs> I wanted to comment on the audio anomaly in the episode on Centralia. It sounds to me like it's a woman and she's saying yes, like she's affirming what Bren was recounting about his past life-like dreams he'd been having. Perhaps a spirit guide backing him up? I love you guys and the way you bounce off each other. Love me, a real big fan, all the way in South Africa. Well, that's pretty cool. South yeah, Africa. Yeah, thank you. 
And that's very possible, Amalyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I know we've got another email a little bit later about spirit guides, and I don't know much about the subject, so I, I don't really can't really weigh in one way or the other. I've been told I have one. Oh, really? By two different people who don't know each other. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying that, but I don't remember the specifics. Do you know anything uh, more about it? My great grandmother, who was the wise woman for the village. Right. Okay. Because I'm adopted, so it was my biological great grandmother, and she had told my mother, "My gifts won't go to any of you. It will go to one in the next generation." And I am the firstborn of that generation. I am the firstborn. I am, yeah. And when my mother met me and we were talking about things, uh, she said, oh, you're the one who got it. So she was not shocked. And then, yeah, a priest friend of mine who doesn't believe in ghosts, um, <laughs> we, were, we were driving to a conference and he said, yeah, there's an old woman in the back of the car and she's so proud of you. And I looked at him like, what? He goes, I don't know what to tell you, man. I can see her. And I'm like, okay. Wow. Yeah, so I've had and I've had someone else tell me that as well. So hey, I'll I'll take it. Absolutely. There well, there you go, Amelin. So yeah, absolutely very, very possible. Thanks for writing. This message comes from Big John Stud SA. Yeah, sadly, this is not the real Big John Stud. Um I, although an email from him would be pretty sweet as he died in nineteen ninety five. This occurs in the forty seven twenty mark. I know what I think I hear, so I won't say it, but see if y'all can hear it as well. This is the clip John is talking about. And we're in the middle of the road at this point. So I slammed on the brakes to slow down. As I passed where they should have been on the right side of the road, there was nothing. No one. Did they walk off the hill and down into the pasture? And so to me, it sounds like someone is in the room with you. There sounds like like movement Hmm. and maybe uh, a second, like a second breath. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, because I don't know at what point, I know, you know, your partner may have been in the room briefly or... Oh, people wandering in and out. That's so annoying. Yeah, there, there, there you go. <laughs> I just locked the door now. No, oh, that's that's wise. That works. Yeah, yeah. So, John, I I don't know if that's really your name. I, I kind of hope it is. Um, John Stud, especially. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's very the like, living. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the living. Yeah, it's it's the ambulatory living. We think. Sad. It, it's always a bummer when it turns out to be the living. <laughs> but thanks for sending it in, and we appreciate you guys listening. We know you guys listen closely. So uh, we always appreciate when you point stuff out to us because Mm -hmm. you never know what we miss. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This next email comes from Krisha. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hey, dudes. Hey. More emails should start that way. (laughs) It's like I like being called dude or brother. Yeah, it's because you're into wrestling and the Ninja Turtles. Cowabunga. (laughs) Listening to episode 94 tonight, and I keep having to rewind and re-listen because I keep hearing random sounds. Static bursts, partial voices, clicks, and the like, behind y'all. Some sounds are still there, but not all. Pause the podcast to type this, and I'm still hearing the sounds. <laughs> so it's not us. Well, thank God for that, because I would be mortified if my production had done, that, had done that badly. A number of years ago, I picked up a noise-making entity. Some voices, violin music at night, taps on walls, nothing big. I moved here a year and a half ago, and everyone thought the entity had left because I no longer heard those sounds until tonight when everyone else is gone. This hasn't happened any other time the housemates are all out for the night, even when I'm listening to spooky stories. Hmm. Thank you both for reminding us we're not alone and we're not crazy. You know, on this day. There you go. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Frankly, I'll take this day for me not being crazy. <laughs> tomorrow's another day. There you go. Well, I'm sorry about that, and I hope it's um, 
Hope it settles down. Hope it doesn't bug you too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wonder if the reason they're not hearing it when the other folks are there is just that thing we talked about where other people can kind of like diffuse the energy. Mm-hmm. You know, so you tend to hear more things, experience more things at night or when you're alone. Yeah, so I don't just tell, know. that's a good question. Just tell your roommates they're not allowed to leave ever. They'll go over <laughs> fine, I'm sure. <laughs> Our next one was from Mackenzie, who says... You mentioned something that has been kind of stuck in my mind for days now. It talks about the engine room of the world and a group of people that help the world run. And now there is so much we don't know about. This has really stuck with me for days now and tried to find anything about it on the internet with no luck. I figure you probably can't say too much about it, but if I were to try to research this, what should I search for? I really wanted to touch on this because I, I realized the way I said it made it sound like a thing. And it's not a thing. It's a you thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a concept. It's kind of a, yeah. a way I refer to people who make the world go. So like right. paramedics, cops, firemen, uh, anyone who deals with people, people, but the sort of the, all the unseen shit that keeps our world going. Right. Because we don't think about it. No. People who take away your trash. I mean, it's all kind of different levels of, I, I call it the engine room of the world because it's, as far as we know, the machine just keeps going. And, but, and if it didn't, we would be in serious trouble. Absolutely. But yeah. there are so many layers to the world that we just, you know, well, I mean, to everything, yeah. you know, because we, we, we can't possibly engage with it all. It's mm -hmm. in a way, it's like the paranormal. You, you can't possibly engage with everything that's happening because your fucking brain would explode. Yep. And so, I mean, you look at anything in front of you and there's been such a massive process to get that thing to this place in space and time. Like mm -hmm. I've got this tablet in front of me. Well, right. that started life as a bunch of disparate elements yeah. that- some poor fucker mined out of the ground and then another poor fucker processed into uh, the, you know, the, a particular kind of plastic and, and right, then the circuit boards right. and all yeah, that yeah, shit, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, you know, like you, you work sort of adjacent to law enforcement and yep. you, like, you know, a lot of the shit that happens mm -hmm. that we just don't hear about. No. I mean, I, I listen to the scanner at night sometimes when I'm driving and all the stuff that happens on there, it just kind of gets dealt with in its way. And, and I'm, I'm not turning this into a referendum on law enforcement. I know that's a hot button issue and it has, we're just not going to touch it here. But even aside from that, there's just so many layers to what happens with the world that we just don't know about or we're not, we're not aware of. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a place. It's not a thing. It's not like a conspiracy thing. It, it's just this sort of uh, metaphor for all the people who make the world go that we don't think about. And, and yeah. I really want to hammer home that it's, it's like service personnel are a big part of that. Oh, you know, when I, before I um, worked at Tim Hortons in high school, I never really thought of the people behind the counter as like people. Of course. Yeah. Not in a selfish way. I was never no, ignorant no, no. or rude to them, but it wasn't until I did that job that I went, oh, <laughs> yeah. and it made me even kinder to be honest with you, because I know what it's like to be on the other side. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. I, I think it, everyone should have to work a service oriented job for at least six months. I think I if agree. everyone did that, we would have a kinder, gentler world. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I know mm -hmm. a lot of people get these hard-ons for mandatory military service, but I think mandatory service mm -hmm. is, should be required because we have this grotesque culture of the customer is always right, which I think mm -hmm. has done more to fuck mm -hmm. up our relationships with other people I agree. than almost anything else. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh man. No. I, yeah. Think about w what happened with, with the shutdown. Yeah. All of a sudden it became really hard to avoid the fact that 
these people we pay the least amount of money are the ones who keep the machinery going. Yeah, exactly. You know, without people working in restaurants, working in shops, picking up trash, the, the world is just, it's at a standstill. I, I used to work with this kid at the video store and everyone crapped on him mm -hmm. because his dad was a garbage man. Right. He was like the head garbage man. And one day I told him, I said, dude, next time these people give you grief, ask them what happens when no one picks up their goddamn garbage. Yeah. So yeah, so Mackenzie, that, that's what I was referring to. And uh, just a shout out from both of us to all those essential workers out there, teachers, people working in shops, people picking up garbage, people making sure the water keeps going, the power mm -hmm. keeps going. Mm -hmm. it, it's a big goddamn system and it takes a lot of work. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, that's, uh, that's my soapbox done for now. <laughs> Next up is our patron, Allison, Ian's arch nemesis. <laughs> Allison says, so a few mornings ago, my husband told me that during the night, he'd felt what he thought was the cat climbing onto the end of our bed. We closed the cat in his own room at night. I love that he has his own room. Of course. So that was not possible. I was pretty sure I'd gone to the bathroom at some point, so I said it was probably me climbing back into bed. Cut to tonight when he is quarantined in the basement, I'm upstairs alone trying to sleep, and I feel a sensation very similar to a single careful step by a cat on my foot. Probably the sheet's settling, but it scared the shit out of me, and I had to get hubby to come upstairs and tuck me in. Now I'm emailing it to you because I can't sleep. I hope all is well. That is actually uh, the monkey of fortune coming to tell her to move. <laughs> just get out of Edmonton. Get out of Edmonton. That's what's happening here, and I, I just... I really hope she pays attention and, and listens to what the spirit world is trying to tell her. Finish with your sad, sad life in Edmonton and go somewhere oh, that has opportunity and a will to live, I think would be really great. So if you want to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com <laughs> slash yeah. ghost story guys. And Ian will question your life choices too. <laughs> Maybe we can start a Kickstarter for Allison. <laughs> help her get out of Edmonton. I, I think, you know, we do it for tornadoes and floods and things. I think this qualifies. My name is Paul and this is between y'all. <laughs> Our next one is from Vince. Vince says, first, I just wanted to say thank you for a great podcast. I discovered the show just before Turducken shut down the campus where I teach and scattered my students to the four corners of the globe. As a result of their leaving town, I ended up teaching an 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. class every single night. Ooh. After class, I like to go for a four to five mile walk. I live in a safe neighborhood on the edge of a safe little town and know most of the neighbors, so it wasn't really as creepy as you think. I disagree. I, I disagree too. You guys have been along for most of the steps on a 20-pound weight loss and fitness journey. Oh, congratulations. Fuck yeah. Good for you, Yeah. Dude. At the moment, I'm working through the back catalog in reverse order, which may be strange, but fun. You know, it's funny. A lot of people do that. They go backwards, which, you know, okay. Good oh, so they start the newest one and go yeah, back? Yeah, which I would be baffled by because I know we do talk about, you know, like it'd be like reading a book backwards to me. Oh, see, I do the same thing when I listen to a show. I start at the newest and I go back. To me, it seems crazy to do the opposite way. Oh, wow. But we, we make so many referrals to past episodes. You'd be like, what? I don't understand. Anyway. That's an excellent point. Yeah. I, I, and yet, in spite <laughs> of all the sense you're making, I still do it that way. <laughs> the podcast is just the right length for the nightly walk. Excellent. And besides, who doesn't like listening to ghost stories in the night near the woods, surrounded by coyotes and owls? Oh, that would be me. I would not care for that. But, Two votes. Um, I'm, I'm proud of you, Vince, or being way manlier so good job i do kind of say uh 
you can go to hell for walking four to five miles in the amount of time it takes to listen to a show because <laughs> I do not walk that fast. That seems ridiculous to me. Go to hell. Guys. Next up is Megan. And Megan says, hi, Brennan and Ian. I just re-listened to episode eight. Oh God, eight. And you were talking about a place called Battle Creek. And that made me wonder, would you ever be interested in doing an episode on American Civil War ghost stories, either from listeners, the internet, or a combo of both? I'm a really big American Civil War history nerd, and it'd really be my favorite episode of your show if you could. And yeah, absolutely. We, we talked about this uh, last year. I know Anthony was really uh, into that. Mm-hmm. But once Turducken hit, we've, as you've probably noticed, if you've been listening, I've been, we've been doing a lot of listener story episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's just because it got hard for me to write. Uh, like to, to like take kind of stories from online and, and re- kind of return them into the house style. Mm-hmm. So we kind of put the brakes on a lot of the original episodes for now. We've just, we're just kind of doing listener stories. And, and also we get so many of them. We do. It's, um, you almost need to do them to keep up. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but all that said, we would love to do, uh, we'd love to do a, an episode on civil war ghost stories. And I know we've had some stories. Uh, we had one from Samantha from Gettysburg last episode. Mm-hmm. And I think there might even have been another one from near Gettysburg. But yeah, and anyways, point being, we're very interested in that. And if you do have stories or if you know of a resource for stories, I would say we're into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we, we considered doing a, a book. There was a book we, we were sent a, a pre-release copy of that had to do with Civil War ghosts. And I vetoed it immediately because the preface basically included that whole lost cause of the Confederacy nonsense. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not into it. That's no. revisionist history bullshit and uh, no. I'm not into it. But um, as a history nerd, you will not be that person. So yeah, absolutely. If you have stories, please send them. Our next one's from Bob Vasquez, who, you know, you may know if you've looked at our online stories, sent us a lot of prints for use. Hey guys, I noticed that the last few podcasts featured stalker type ghosts. To me, it feels more like the Filipino gabe, roughly translated to guide. They guide and guard you through the spirit world, but it's not that simple. Guides come in many forms, from the typical ghosts to elementals and the mighty Encanto or Fae. They have a hierarch. A common encounter would be with a prince, as he has his sole rights to venture from their kingdom to ours. Then there are the dark ones, which aren't necessarily evil. Also about the old Latin belief, Spanish ancestry for me and I think Italian for Brennan, that a Fae is born as a twin to a human, making it close to a spirit guide. But the chances of it happening is rare, and most of the time the second fetus dies abruptly in utero. The belief was that the one born would then be eventually claimed by the Fae, so the surviving baby is not human, but the Fae taking the form of the child, unbeknownst to itself. The Fae child gets raised as a normal child with telltale signs of abilities to connect with the spirit world. So Bob, you blew my mind with this, and I'm going to tell you why. My maternal grandmother, so my mother's mother, they are very Italian. I mean, not in that kind of showy New Jersey way, but my great-grandparents were from Sicily. Right. So, my, yeah, my grandparents, my grandma's parents were directly from Sicily. And she had an identical twin who died in utero. Oh, wow. And her entire life, my grandmother's family treated her like shit. And we really? never knew why. Really? We never knew why. My mother always told me grandma was always the black sheep of the family and she was a sweet woman. I mean, life made her hard, but when she was younger, when she was raising her kids, she raised six kids on her own, 
because my scumbag great you know grandfather was he was a drunk he was never around and when he was yeah. around he was a bad man so she worked hard but the family always treated her badly and my mother said to me i don't know why hmm. i don't know why because she got she divorced him right um the scumbag and my mother thought maybe it was because of the divorce but she was shit they were shitty to her before that and i have another aunt who or pardon me i guess great aunt because it's my grandmother's sister but she divorced her husband and no one cared so this may have something to do with it because they were old school italians again they were first generation they came from sicily interesting so they may have believed that that is really interesting there you go that she was not theirs technically yeah so yeah, Bob, you, you may have shined some light onto an old family mystery there. I'm going to, I'm cool. going to actually let my mother know this. So thank That's you. That's neat. Talk about random, eh? Mm-hmm. Next up is Paul. Paul says, first, I suppose I would like to say that I have listened to a lot of different kinds of podcasts similar to this over the years. And I've always had that little bit of a nudge towards writing, but you guys are the first ones that I really feel motivated enough to sit down and write. I think part of it is that you genuinely seem to have an interest in what your listeners have to say without judgment. Beyond the occasional quip at an obtuse father's expense, yeah, we, we, we have our moments, and that you convey a sense of openness that I really appreciate. Your podcast is like sitting down and chatting, albeit one-sided, with old friends. For that, thank you. Well, thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it is worth mentioning that your views on mental health and one's ability to listen and pay attention to one's instincts is an excellent message. I'm actually a family therapist out on the East Coast in the US, and that is one of the points I stress thoroughly with my clients. Nice. To really listen to one's instincts. Good. Even if you have to ignore some social niceties to do so. If you have an interest in this topic, The Gift of Fear is an excellent read on the subject and one that I suggest to many of my clients. Very cool. Yeah, I've actually read Gift of Fear, Paul, mm. and um, I, I agree. It's a brilliant book. And to be honest, it taught me a lot about gender relations. You know, because I read it when I was 2000. So I was 20, uh, 27 when I read it. Right. And it really explained a lot to me about how other people, especially women, see the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In terms of like the, the vulnerability that it just, yeah. because I move through the world. I mean, I'm very aware of danger. I, I'm, you know, like the world's a dangerous place. I think that, mm -hmm. you know, people who flout their own personal safety and think that that proves something are morons. But I never understood the innate vulnerability that people who are not exactly my size and gender right. experience when moving through the world. It just never occurred to me. And sure. so yeah. I read The Gift of Fear and it was really eye-opening. And, and since then, you know, I've been lucky enough to make friends with people who experience the world in a very different way. And mm -hmm. they have been kind enough to share their experience of the world with me. And it's been really eye-opening. So I, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think I told you when I saw that list about, um, they did a list couple years ago now what would men do if they woke up and there were no women in the world and it was essentially drink beer at every meal you know <laughs> yeah. eat, eat burgers and not wear pants that was it's like it's like home alone yeah and it was pretty much the entire list the woman list made me so sad mostly because it shocked me like i'd go to a movie alone i'd go for a walk at night i'd eat dinner on my own with no book or anything i'd go to the bar on my own and i was reading it just going wait what yeah why can't they do oh yeah men because even if you're not in danger in a situation you're still run a good chance of being fucking annoyed it really did 100 percent change my views on how much how how more challenging 
it is for women to move through the world than just being, you know, a, a dude. We've had comments, we've talked about this before, people kind of poo-pooing this, but I don't care what you think. Because um, <laughs> it's our show and not yours. That's it. And, and I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's important to say this stuff because we're dudes. And frankly, I think people listen. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who, I, you know, we would go for drives at night. And for the longest time, I would drop her off at the foot of her street because she lived right. up a dead end street. Right. So she had to walk half a block to her house. Right. And then one night she was almost assaulted after I dropped her off. <gasps> no. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, whatever variable in this dude's head that he needed to really commit didn't happen. But this person has a very well-honed sense of danger. Mm -hmm. And she told me she was really frightened. And that's one of maybe four times in her life or in our friendship that she's told me this. Wow. And just think about that. That's half a friggin' block. Yeah. You know, again, on a dead end street in a relatively safe city. From that point on, I, I started dropping her right at her door. That's crazy. But yeah, so, and this is just one of a thousand things that I think most people don't, don't think about, especially I say, I say dudes, but I think anyone who is kind of moves through the world without, without being harassed, you mm -hmm. know, cause I mean, some people I think have this sort of ingrained sense of, you know, don't mess with me that other people seem to pick up on, but not everyone has that. And I think when you have that, you tend to view the world from that perspective alone. Well, you almost need to learn to do that. Like I remember teaching my son to do that because he was going to be riding the bus by himself in grade five. Of course. And I said, you need to put on a face that says, don't, don't come near me. I, I may go crazy and I may punch you in the mouth. Yep. And, um, and I said, wear sunglasses, have earphones in and don't ever look anybody in the eye. Just look pissed off. Yeah. Um, and it worked. <laughs> That's it. Cause he would have to walk then from the bus stop three blocks to his school through downtown. And, oh, yeah. um, yeah, at grade five, like I wasn't thrilled about that, but no, no it, um, it, it was something that I had to think about. How do I make my child less vulnerable essentially? And I know I joke a lot about not wanting ever to have kids, but that's one of the reasons I I'm glad I don't yeah. is because that's such a, that must be such a minefield to navigate. Well, as someone put it really well, they said, you know, when you have a child, it's like taking a piece of your heart and letting it run around on the outside of your body. Oh, it terrifies me, man. Right. Um, and I remember reading that going, yeah, that, yeah, pretty much sums it up. Oh. And there's nothing you can do. I remember the first big trip he went on, he went to Brazil with school. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if something happens, there is nothing I can do about it. Oh man. Yeah. And that was a first because even if he was just, you know, an hour away, I could drive there. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Of course. But yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, no. You can't do anything. It's, oh, but oh. I'm so glad because he went on other school trips and they went to um, Argentina. He went to China. He went to Vietnam. And every time he came back, he grew, right? And he had this whole different perspective on the world, which you can't get any other way. So I'm, no, I'm really that's glad so he true. did that. Yeah. A friend of mine, a long time ago, uh, he listens to the show, so he'll probably remember this, <laughs> but he was, he was a big guy, a big guy, you know, and he was out for a walk in Revelstoke one night. So and this is Revelstoke in the 90s. So let's face it, this is, you know, 8,000 people, 7,000 people, sure. small town. This kid smoked him in the face with a skateboard. Oh no. For no reason. Yeah. No reason whatsoever. Just took exception to his face and decided he wanted to rearrange it. Wow. And yeah, right? And so you never know the minute, you never know the hour. No. And um, fear is a valuable thing. That it is, is indeed. It's a tool. Like anything else, fear is a tool. 
you can't let it run your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I could talk about this for ages, but we'll move on. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. Scottish Girl wrote in to say, just wanted to drop you an email to see how much I enjoy your podcast. I've been working my way through the episodes, and I'm only a handful of episodes away from being up to date. What will I do when I have to wait for the next episode? Go to patreon.com slash ghost three. <laughs> While I have never had a strong paranormal experience, I'm certainly open to the idea. Over the past year or so, I keep seeing movement out of the corner of my eye. I can never see what it is that catches my eye, and I never feel scared in any way. It's more like there's things I just can't quite see. I have a dog who I trust to alert me if anyone's around me that shouldn't be, but even she seems to be interested when I think I see something. But again, she seems curious more than scared. I lost my dad a while back, and I do wonder if he's checking in on me. He was a big dog lover and would definitely seem like a non-threat to my dog. I live in a 100-year-old house, not unusual in Scotland, and I'm sure there have been many lives lived in my wee house, but I always feel safe here. Regardless, I remain open-minded, and if, if it is my dad checking on me, I just hope he's proud. Sending you both lots of love and good vibes, Scottish girl. Oh, well, that's thank, amazing. It is. Thank you so much. And he is proud of you, just so you know. Next up is our patron, Carol. And Carol says, oh my God, I'm up and unable to sleep, so I threw on an old episode. Just picking one out of the blue. Need I say which? Yes, the famous episode 26. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening, relaxing, and I forgot that you paid for pronunciation. I damn near jumped out of my skin when the voice came out of my earbuds. Now I'm definitely not going to sleep anytime soon since my heart is racing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, Carol. I should put like a, a disclaimer on that. Or something. <laughs> Trigger warning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and in fact, uh, if anyone out there is into our back catalog or is listening through our back catalog, I am slowly bringing all those episodes up to the same audio level that the new ones are. Oh, nice. So they're going to be nice and even? Yes, exactly. Or as even as we can get them, yeah. Um, I've done, I want to say six or eight so far. Oh. Yeah, not a ton. But uh, (laughs) but uh, that's still some work. Yeah, I did um, episodes one, two, and three, I believe. I did that episode, actually, coincidentally enough, 26. I did, I want to say like 26 to 31, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, so it's uh, eventually they'll all be at a listenable volume. I know we were, God, we didn't know what the hell we were doing back then. No, really didn't. So they will be uh, more listenable now, I promise. Our painter Nick sent a message in, currently listening to episode 94 on the night shift, so you'll have to forgive any waning thought patterns. Been thinking about the comments in this episode and the others concerning the forest fires, about how Brennan mentioned feeling like something is stretching its legs and other listeners have felt similar. I spent a few fire seasons living in the BC interior and have experienced that ominous omnipresence of days upon days of haze under a red sun. The best way I could compare it is if you've ever been alone in nature during a soft, heavy snow, that uneasy subconscious feeling of isolation and eerie silence. I wonder if the fires are doing something similar, but pulling different strings. Smoke has long since been a precursor to danger. Human and animal alike have long shared this instinct. And while we have the advantages of communication and a window to close, we haven't forgotten the unease. That's an excellent point, actually. It's been noted for a while now, the spikes in paranormal activity when they happen near water or high-voltage power lines. So I wonder, how much fire does it take to unsettle a region? These entities, by the accounts I've been hearing through you guys, don't seem to really have any malice or intent, just that they're stirring up. Maybe they're feeling those uneasy emotions from a fire they can't see that subconscious knowledge that something is wrong. 
depending on how tangible their reality is with ours, everything must feel unnerving. The life has dimmed from our cities and towns due to Turducken, and suddenly a great mass of smoke drifts in on the wind to linger for weeks. I'm sure the energies of our world can feel it just as we can watch it happen. Maybe some are confused by it. Maybe some are scared by it. And maybe some are more than happy to take advantage of it. Didn't mean to talk your ear off, just an idle thought from the wee hours of the morning. I think that's a good point about weird global events or regional events having an impact on the energy. And I'm sure if people are feeling uneasy, and I appreciate what he said about that, I think instinctually we do shy away from things like smoke, even though our conscious brain tells us we're fine. That Yeah, there's going to be a shift in energy. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think you make a great point, Nick. I mean, it's it's sort of a kind of a a novel thought, this idea that we're haunting them with our nonsense. Right. <laughs> One last thought I when I was listening to to you read that, I was thinking about the book um the, I think it's the Untold History of the United States by Oliver okay. Stone. Oh, okay. And there's a documentary on Netflix that they made out of it, or maybe it was made in tandem, I don't know. But anyways, I, I read the book, I haven't seen the, the doc yet. Uh, but he's talking about the tail gunner. In the plane, was it the Enola Gay that dropped the first atomic bomb? Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's an interview with this guy where he describes watching that explosion. And he said that it was shockingly colorful. He said Mm. the the colors were unlike anything he'd ever seen. Colors he couldn't even name. Wow. And it got me thinking about how a lot of these paranormal sort of visitations in the decades that followed, especially, you know, so say alien stuff revolved around the use of atomic weapons and fear of atomic weapons. And I always wondered if it's possible that the elemental nature of atomic weapons destroys things on planes more than our own. Mm, Interesting. You know, it's not just a destruction, it's an unmaking. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And so, Mm. yeah, I just, uh, yeah, kind of a random thought. But uh, anyways, that's a cheery note to go out on. Yeah, you're a random dude. I'm a random happy guy, Ian. <laughs> That's what's sad. I'm actually in a pretty good mood. So this is what happens. You get uh, nuclear bomb stories, and I swear more when I'm at it. <laughs> That's going to do it for our mailbag this time around. Uh, thank you to everyone who wrote in. And, uh, of course, our apologies to the people whose emails we didn't get to. We, we get a ton of correspondence, and we love reading it. We love getting it. And uh, we want to get as much as we can into these mini-shows. So uh, thank you to everyone who reached out. If you want to reach out, we're at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at twitter.com slash ghoststoryguys, Facebook at facebook.com slash ghoststoryguys, and Instagram at instagram.com slash theghoststoryguys. And I want to give a shout out to our listener, Huba. I think I'm pronouncing your name right, who bought a couple of our books from the Big Cartel store, uh, which you can buy at ghoststoryguys at bigcartel.com, and just sent us a really, really wonderful message. Uh, via Instagram. And I, again, it was one of those things where it was, it was so kind. I didn't want to read it on the show because it was just, it was too kind. Cause you, you know? tear up. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not good <laughs> at receiving compliments. I love them. I'm just not good at receiving them. I just wanted to do a shout out too to our um, very solid listeners, almost from the beginning, Lucas and Tanya. They just had a baby boy. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So that oh, was that's pretty great. awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm sure young Brennan will grow up to be strong and proud. Mm, that's not his name. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Well, I talked them out of it. (laughs) I knew it. It's Ian now, isn't it? Yeah. Bullshit. (laughs) It's not Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointing twice now. Yeah, I know. Of course, if you want to get in touch, there's all the ways I mentioned. But if you don't feel like typing, there's always 
the ghost line. If you don't like talking, then you're just like me. But you can text the ghost line with your ghost stories. So text Brennan and Ian with your pictures and tales at 925-553-4789. Thanks to Lauren Hutchison for our brand new ghost line jingle. Again, you can call us at one 888 6920 or you can text us at 925-553-4789. This time around, we have a lot of ghost line calls. We play these calls every two weeks here on the mini show. If you want to leave a message, but you would prefer to be left anonymous, or rather to be made anonymous, let us know. We can cut off your name if you mention your name, and we can subtly alter your voice as well if you'd like. So just let us know in the message, and we will do that. Our first call tonight is from Gino. Hi, my name is Gino. I'm from Baltimore County, Maryland, and I'll just take you back to the beginning from the ages of three to six. I used to be visited by nightly visitors. They terrified me when I was three years old. In fact, I yelled for my mother to come in, which finally she did under protest. She flipped on the light. They disappeared. She said, you're having a bad dream, go back to sleep, even though I was sitting upright in bed. So I realized that that wasn't going to work. Sure enough, she turned the light off. I laid back down, and they were back. I could hear them. Um, They were all, like, talking amongst themselves, and they seemed delighted that I could see and hear them. Um, They were in very old clothing, period costumes, I would say. Uh, But the two that stood out to me the most was a Native American man in headdress and buckskin and an African-American woman in a pale cotton thin dress with her hair pulled back straight into a bun. They stood out to me the most because myself being Caucasian, I I had never seen anyone that looked like that. Anyway, um, to make this story shorter, they came and visited nearly nightly. And finally, at the age of six, I was into a deep sleep, and sure enough, there they were again. I woke up, looked over at all of them, and said, oh, you woke me up, rolled over, and went back to sleep. They never came back to visit me at night. At least they didn't materialize. The other thing that I noticed with them is that I could see kind of through them, but they were pretty solid. So it didn't strike me when I was a little kid. I thought, you know, this is just normal. These people were coming to visit me. Maybe they're guardian angels, I thought, later on. But later on, I came to realize they were spirits. Interesting enough, um, I ended up working in the paranormal field for um, a 900 line that did uh, astrological tarot and uh, psychic readings. In fact, um, I did an astrological reading in one of their infomercials um, under another name, but in that group of psychics that I worked with at the time, one of them did a reading on me, and she said, you always have 13 spirits around you. Well, that's my first story. Um, I will give you part two when I call back in a little bit because I don't want to be cut off. That one's a little more uh, interesting. Thank you. This next caller, unfortunately, there is a little bit of distortion on the line, and so we had to cut out the bit of the call with her name but we were able to salvage the rest of the call. It's a very, very short one. Hi, Brennan. Hi, Ian. I don't have a story. I just wanted to thank you for everything you were doing. Today has been some sort of a day, and it was helpful having you guys on my ride home. Thanks for everything you do. Bye. Caller, thank you so, so much. I'm glad we can make a difference in your day. Hi, this is Gino from Baltimore County, Maryland. 
this is story number two. A couple blocks away from that childhood home that I grew up in, there were these apartments surrounded by a lake that had been filled in in the 70s. There were also cross burnings up there in the late 60s and early 70s when they had just finished building them and people started moving in. I moved in, and I was alone for the first probably five, six months, but I wanted to get a roommate. Anyway, I would hear voices whistling, something calling my name, even though I lived alone. It wasn't something from outside. It wasn't something from another apartment. Eventually, I did move in two roommates. One guy was, unfortunately, surfing my couch, and he didn't have any money to pay rent, as it turned out, down the road. The other was in um, her own bedroom next to mine. This apartment, by the way, the rent was cheap, but the air conditioning and the heat wasn't very good. One night, a box fan was sitting on the floor blowing on the bed, and something stirred me, and I noticed that the fan was going from high to medium to low, to medium to high, to medium to low, etc. I looked to the three mirrors that were alongside the wall of the bed, and there was an energy ball and shimmering lights, like electricity, going in and out of the three mirrors. I didn't know what to make of this, but I sat up, stared in the direction of the fan, and said, go back from whence you came. You were not welcome here. Immediately, the fan went back to high. The energy ball disappeared into the mirror, and my bedroom door went slam. Well, this apparently stirred my two roommates who came down the hall saying, is everything all right? And I said, well, I guess uh, the wind breeze must have caught the door and slammed it shut even though the window was closed because the air conditioning was on. Years later, I moved to Alexandria, and I decided to watch the Baltimore News because we used antennas back in those days. Yes, I'm old. And there was a news broadcast that said, um, tragedy in the town that this was in. And they showed the outside of the building because the rental office was there. That's, I lived below the rental office. Details at 11. Well, to make a long story short, a man had, shot his two children, his wife, and then himself, and the neighbor that he talked to, who was there when I lived there, so he's been there for like four years by this point, said that, yeah, he complained about hearing voices. I guess he was crazy or something. Gino, thank you so much for the stories. As for this one, I I don't like to speculate when real-life tragedy is involved, but we've definitely talked on the show about how certain locations can influence negative behavior, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened here. I think it's pretty safe to say we're glad you left when you did. As I mentioned, Gino called in with several stories, and we're really looking forward to sharing those with you on future installments. Thank you, Gino. Hi, Bren and Ian. This is Jen from New Jersey. I've been a patron of yours for a couple months now. I've listened to every single episode, and I'm just finally catching up on all of the cabin fever. And I just listened to the most recent one where you discuss class action park and i as someone who grew up in vernon new jersey during the 90s have many stories about that specific place but hearing you guys talk about it would be like my hometown would be like me getting interviewed by um, a podcast or something and hearing me talk about revelstoke i don't know i'm a big fan and so that hearing you guys talk about my hometown was pretty crazy I did not work there. Many of my cousins, my friends all worked there. It was a one of the largest employers of the time of my high school. They chose the lifeguards based on how they looked in a bathing suit, not on whether or not they could save people's lives. 
So um, I was not allowed to work there. I worked at the deli down on the main town green, right next to where the medevac helicopter had to come in because we're, we're in a big, deep valley as well, and the medevac helicopter could only land on certain places. And I worked on the deli at the deli where after dropping someone mortally wounded off to be flown out of our town to a trauma center, the ambulance guys would come back and get coffee and a bagel. It was exactly as frightening as, as everybody says, if not more so, because I knew the stoners and the ditzes that they were hiring as lifeguards. And I, my parents refused to even let me attend. I went three times, uh, snuck in, and it, they were some of the scariest times of my life. I took my little brother, too, because I'm just that kind of an awful big sister. But I just wanted you to know that it was really cool to hear you talk about it. Good luck. God bless. Take care. Safe from Turducken. And thanks for giving us the shout out from Vernon, New Jersey. Jen, thanks for calling. That is really cool. I'm glad you survived Action Park. And for those of you who are not patrons or you haven't heard that particular Cabin Fever episode, check out the documentary Class Action Park. It's pretty wild. Hi, guys. It's Ruth Dempsey from Rochester, New York. And I just have a question. Can we get a Steve the Cheese Thief magnet? Steve the Cheese Demon magnet. Oh, I need more coffee. Bye. Hey, Ruth, thanks for the suggestion. I think you may be able to get a Steve magnet in the Tea Public store. If you have a look, just uh, head to our website at ghoststoryguys.com, follow the links, and you should be able to get a Steve the Cheese Demon die-cut magnet there. We were talking about having some magnets made up, but I know the problem we ran into is that it costs quite a bit to get high-quality magnets made up because you have to buy quite a few. And the test run that we did from a supplier a little ways back, we weren't very happy with quality. So I think for the time being, probably the best place would be the Tee Public store. But if that changes, we'll also mention something here about adding it to the Big Cartel store. If there are any other Cheese Demon fans out there, we've got the die-cut sticker on sale in our Big Cartel store right now. They're going for $2 Canadian. And you can find that, along with signed copies of our books and a whole bunch of other stuff, at ghoststoryguys.bigcartel.com. Thank you to everyone who called and texted in on the ghost line. We really do love hearing from you. And if you've got a story to share or just something you want to say, you can always call us at one 588 6920 The voicemail's time out after three minutes, but if your story needs more time than that, feel free to call back and leave more of a message, and, and call back as many times as you need to. As Lauren said, if you don't feel like talking but you want to text, you can get a hold of us at 925-553-4789. The 1-800 number is toll-free within North America. The texting number is an American number, so if you're outside of America, there may be a charge for international texting depending on your carrier. That's going to do it for the Ghost Line. Thanks again to everyone who called in and to everyone who's going to call. We can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Our theme song, Radio Into the Darkness We Go, The Surfing Dead Mix, was composed by Peter of Pizzanta Music and performed by Ferra. All other music and sound effects on this show come courtesy of Epidemic Sound. If you're looking for pod-safe music or sound effects for your next project, head on over to epidemicsound.com to check them out. Ian has an interview coming up on CKNW out of Vancouver. When that finally airs, we will post it to our Facebook page. I imagine mm -hmm. it will be available online. And we've added Kevin from We Need to Talk About Ghosts to our upcoming live show at the Yay. end of the month. Yes, I'm very excited. That live show is going to be available to all our patrons from the $1 level up. 
That's coming up on October 24th from noon to 1 p.m. We may go a little bit longer. And you can access that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash ghost story guys. I guess that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week with episode 96. And until then, into the darkness we go. 